Hi, everyone. This is Meredith Root, and welcome to the Afternoon Snack Podcast, brought to you by Tactic Nutrition. Hi, I'm Alex Parker, owner of Tactic Nutrition, former lawyer, CrossFit Games athlete, turned health and fitness geek. I'm also into health and nutrition, a more recent CrossFit Games athlete, co-owner of Tactic Nutrition, and former engineer. We are here to have fun, engaging conversation about some of our favorite topics, including nutrition, health, coaching, motivation, and of course, CrossFit. Our goal is to give you something to think and talk about and hopefully make you laugh along the way. Good evening. Uh, I'm sorry. Do you think this is like, this is your intro? You think you get to do that now? I just wanted to try something new. How do you think it went? Pretty good. I mixed it up. Good evening. I mean, like, the mix-up is that it is evening, which is unusual. Yeah, we're, this is our second attempt at recording this podcast. <clears throat> we had some technical difficulties on the first one that uh, we didn't notice until it went up, so here we are. If uh, if we sound ticked off, then... It's because, like, no one likes doing something twice. Even though I like re- recording podcasts, it's like... It's not the it's not my preferred way to spend my evenings. No, but I feel like this will be better. And we always sit around and talk about me and my running, anyways. So it just be like what we <laughs> normally do, just in a different room. Yeah, you're always like, "Do you think I'm gonna do it? Do you think I'm gonna feel okay in my run? Do you think I should eat more? I do. Do you think I could do this pace, Meredith? Can we talk about my like nutrition? My foot's been kind of. Do you think my foot's gonna be okay? What shoes should I wear? Should I wear my new shoes tomorrow? No, I won't wear my new shoes. Should I wear my, like, softer shoes? Stuff like that. Yeah, just regular. I'm like, yeah, do Regular whatever. conversation. Do your thing. But, um, yeah, here we are. Again. What, we're, what we would normally be doing is we're really into the show called The Deuce. I mean, what you could say we're really into watching softcore porn is what you could say. Yeah, it's like it's definitely R-rated. Yeah, it's. I guess I haven't watched a lot of like newer HBO shows. Like I'm, the last HBO show that I watched, like start to finish, was Game of Thrones. I didn't realize Which like is also pretty much like <clears throat> R-rated. Well, I mean, there's there's a little more like death and like gore with Game of Thrones, but the Deuce, there's a whole lot of like sex yeah and it's like you see some private parts as well and not the private parts that i <laughs> i'm like okay particularly so enjoy seeing i guess we can just put it that way show that now but yeah it's actually a good show it's um what's that guy's name james franco yeah he and is in it and directs it and then molly gyllenhaal who isn't it maggie maggie gyllenhaal is it i think it is maggie yeah, it sounds right now that I say it. Molly works. Molly, Maggie, like, same, same. Potato, tomato. <laughs> Potato, burrito. <laughs> it's the same. It's the same. Same same syllables. Um, anyways, it's a good show. It's uh, got a good storyline. It does. Look to it. Plus, it's nice to... Uh, we were on a kick there where we were only watching shows that had like one season out. And so we would blast through like season one of Euphoria. And then we're like, oh, okay, I can't wait to watch season two. Oh. 
And then we did that like three or four mm-hmm. times. And we like snuck in some mini series. And so it's just, yeah, we were just really running through shows. I wonder like, you know, and now we're watching the new L word, which there's a new one we can watch. Nice. Um, Generation Q. Which is like the first time I'm not used to watching shows where they come out. The episodes come out like a week apart. And I, I find so annoying. But like that's that's the only way that I used to watch shows. But now it's like I've become so conditioned to just being able to, to binge watch things. It's like Netflix has really changed the way that we like we watch movies and TV. And now when I'm forced to be patient, I'm like. No, I would prefer instant gratification, please. We also are watching MasterChef, and it's the same thing. One one episode a week. But then you realize that you have a new one, and it's just like... It is exciting. Yeah, so I kind of get it. <laughs> yeah. But it's hard to believe that's like that's the way TV used to I'm be. I'm excited for Survivor to come back. I that think was that... a great show. I was I loved... I, I know that we've talked about this like in a joking way, but I really think that I should apply for Survivor. No, yeah, I think you would do well. I okay. would miss you though. Oh, that's was that the hesitation? Yeah. Okay. Is it because you know I would go like all forty days? Probably. You would get so skinny. Yeah, the food is the most concerning part. I would really have to and like the sleep. The sleep would be an issue. I think the the sleep I could get used to, and I'm like I'm good with bugs. I would like I would be good at, like I would be good at the physical challenges, but I would make sure that I'm not like too, I would like make purposeful mistakes early on. And then like when it's, you know, when it's time for individual play, it's like, boom. Yeah. She's been good at challenges all along. You just, you just didn't know. That'd be my game on top of like a very robust social Mm -hmm. game. You would need that for sure. So anyways, I think I'll look into applying. You should. I would be interested in that. You would, would you watch my season? A hundred percent. But you'd be back by then. It's not live. Yeah, I know. But like, would you like when I'm back, you would watch it? Obviously, <laughs> you would too. Um, <clears throat> I also just finished a book, which I feel like sharing because it was really good. Mm-hmm. And it was I actually started reading it. It was my client's one of my client's favorite books, and it's called The Night Nightingale. That's the World World War Two. Is it about nurses? No. Okay. <clears throat> well, it's about like Germany invading France. Yeah. And just, I mean, I don't want to give it away, but it's pretty darn good. And so on the, when we were talking about TV shows ending, I was thinking, yeah, I don't, I don't really like starting new books either. But yeah. it takes a while to get into it and get the rhythm of the writing. But I have like a lot of, I have a lot of book recommendations from people. I can share them with you. I'm well. I already have one picked out. It's by Matt Fitzgerald, and it's another running book. Oh, topical. Yeah, yeah. You like alternating, huh? I do. I like alternating between fiction and nonfiction. Mm-hmm. But when you do nonfiction, it's almost always sports nonfiction. Almost always. So that's like that's not the nonfiction I go for. Sometimes I go for like coaching, like, but those aren't really good, like bedtime. What minutes. about like a memoir? I have read memoirs. Mm. None of them come to mind. Okay. But what about you? Like, what do I like to read? Mm-hmm. Um, when I do, when I actually do finish a book. Yeah. Right. You only buy books. You don't actually read them. Yeah. Well, there's that one that I was looking forward to reading that I had to sacrifice to the bathtub <laughs> to prove a point. 
Um, so I'll have to buy that one again eventually. Right. Um, that one is the, on uh, the, the scientist who invented the CRISPR technology. That's a nonfiction, but it's like thick. I don't know if you got a good look at it when I was in the bathtub. <laughs> it got even thicker when the pages were <clears throat> full of water. Yeah, it sure did. Um, <laughs> yeah, and then non or for fiction, I like, uh, yeah, I really like, I like World War One sort of time period. I like, I don't know why I've always enjoyed like war stories, but I do um, like them. One of my favorite books ever was uh, Sea Biscuit. Oh, really? I've yeah. never read that. Is that a popular book? I don't know. I mean, but like I used to be weirdly into horse books as a kid, like the, like the Black Stallion and Black Beauty and Red Velvet. You're not listening anymore. You don't care about I horse just books. wanted to confirm that I had the the num- it was World War Two. Oh, it was World War Two. Yeah. Which I think I said. I just wanted to confirm it. Okay. So I wasn't giving out false, false information. Yeah. Like what if someone's a World War One fan like I am? I like World War One. And they start the nightingale and they and discover like, I mean there's a date right there. I'm pretty this sure. This is they... not this is the second war. But it's a great read. So thanks to my client for recommending it. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I guess what we're on here to talk about today is kind of this like new hybrid athlete that Alex is becoming. I'm going to pump you up. Um, (laughs) you're going to like it. So (laughs) I already do. um, The, uh, earlier in the, the year, I mean, we've, we've both, and we've talked about this on the podcast. We don't need to get into it again, but, um, you know, kind of wrapping up competitive crossfit at least for the near future and you know as someone who has competed in the sport since like 2013 2014 it leaves a big void and I think that you're an athletic person and always been into sports and um so it leaves this kind of like well what's what's next kind of kind of question and I think you know running started to come back into the picture and I say come back in because like running's been kind of an arc in your mm, adult history anyways um and I think that it's it's interesting and I know like a lot of people like from a like surface level probably see what you're doing on Instagram and they see you're running and you know if they're paying attention to the paces they probably see that you're running quite fast and they know that you're training for a marathon and so you put the pieces together and it's like okay she's training for a fast marathon um you know but also you're still in the gym and it's like the the question is like if you're you know if your goal right now is marathon why you know why continue to do strength and conditioning training or crossfit style training and how does that fit in and um you know what type of athlete does that make you into in the grand scheme of 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 athletes because I think we, you know, we're, we exist on a bit of a spectrum as far as athletic goes, athletics go with strength and conditioning with like, you know, very well ultra endurance athletes being on one end and strength athletes being on the other. So how, how do we push the dial towards that endurance athlete without sacrificing like all of our strength and functional fitness? And I think that's, what's really interesting about what you're doing and, um, Well, I'm doing it also, but a half marathon is a little bit different from a training volume perspective to a, uh, a full marathon and the toll it takes. But, um, 
you know, you're doing it to a greater degree. And there's been a few others like Nick Bear who is doing similar things and kind of moving towards the ultra distances now. So I think like I'm really curious um, to see more like I have this feeling that you're just going to start to see these athletes come out of CrossFit. And I don't think every CrossFit athlete has the the background or the interest or the like the drive to move into endurance sports. But I think a few of them do a so small, I'm, a small percentage, a small percentage, like a, a like maybe single digit percentage. Mm-hmm. I think you're going to see some of them. And I'm, I'm just like kind of interested to see how, how that looks. Um, but right now, as far as I'm aware, you're kind of the blade, you're blazing the trail for the ladies. <laughs> Um, yeah. So why don't we, why don't we get into it a little bit? Welcome to the show, Alex. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks. That was a great intro. Thanks. I, uh, that was a, it was improv. So really good. Thanks. You missed the part about my good looks and well, I mean, personality, but I guess that will shine through as people listen in. Yeah. And I, and like, you know, obviously look you up. Yeah. (laughs) I hope everyone knows that's a joke. We're not. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So let's, uh, we'll start at the very beginning. Um, tell me about the first, the first running race that you, you have recollection of. Um, so this is like way, this is way back in grade school and what grade for American? Honestly, I can't even remember. Let's go with third grade. Between one and six. Okay. Because I remember the field distinctly. But I don't remember like what was going on. But there was a race. I don't remember the distance. And my dad said, don't go all out at the, the start. Like, I guess he was teaching me a, a good lesson in pacing right from the get-go. So I didn't start out all out and I ended up winning the race. He also obviously knows what what little self-control eight-year-olds have yeah that too i mean he's he watched um me and my sister chase a soccer ball around in a group a little pack for like the last probably what was i eight then so we started playing soccer when we were like quite young mm-hmm. and that's just like typical kid too like typical typical kid yeah soccer. And it's he like- actually probably was the one who taught me like don't go with the pack like stay open <laughs> don't it's like it's peloton running with a ball <laughs> pretty much that's what kids soccer is yeah (laughs) and then timbits donuts at halftime not oranges uh timbits were more popular Mm, that's very canadian i mean orange slices i never liked orange slices i found orange slices if they were good oranges they were great but if they were one of the oranges where like half of the orange is the white and you really have to like wrestle the orange like then your hands are all sticky were you the kid that like peeled like peeled the orange away from like when you had an orange slice yeah did you peel the orange away from the skin i was the type that just kind of like bit down and like sucked oh my and so like it I, <laughs> no i wasted like it would just be like dried up pulp left. oh nasty you just like <laughs> you suck the orange juice out of the orange you're like Pretty a much fruit vampire you're a vampire bat you're a fruit bat yeah and no. i feel like there was just and then you would see and i wasn't the only kid who did this but you would see just like the like orange carcasses. Yeah. Just like and you wasted can pick orange. out which kids are the heathens and which ones are 
Yeah, no, you you peel the orange because then you get I the knew whole you thing. Were that kid. Yeah, and I would. The but game I also was hated the white stuff. You know the white stuff that comes off. It's in between the peel and the orange. Yeah, I hate the. But white But if you stuff. did a good job peeling it, then you didn't get a lot of the white I stuff. Don't know. That's why I can't stand um, cuties. Cuties. <sighs> I cannot stand cuties. It takes me about fifteen minutes to eat one cutie. <laughs> to pick off all the white stuff. The cuties are easy to peel. The knockoff cuties, though, like those things are a real. Bitch. It's like knockoff snap peas. Yeah. That have like a string in them. Like what the hell is? <laughs> you didn't like string this? the pea. I need a genetically modified version of this pea that does not have this ridiculously thick. Everyone knows what we're talking about. Oh, I know. It's like you buy snap peas for the first time at the farmer's market, and they don't come in that like. Mm-hmm. baggy and you're like these are awful yeah or you don't you have to you buy green beans and have to cut off the tips or like watermelons and then you realize it's not seedless and yeah. you're like it's just it's so much work now um but then okay so back to the running <laughs> i was also running and anyone from calgary will know exactly what i'm talking about but the mother's day run and walk it was 5k and then it was a 10k but as a kid as, as kids we would always do the 5k did you let Brenda win? Of course not. <sighs> I'm pretty sure my dad and I ran in front, like ahead together. And then my sister and my mom ran. And I'm in like quotes behind. I'm sure my mom has good stories to tell. I'm sure we didn't even run it. We probably just complained the entire time. Yeah. Um, but that was really fun. And you get these like, you'd go and get race check in. You get your bibs and your shirt. And I think that was like my first introduction to running. It was always fun, like pinning the bib on the shirt, going out early in the morning downtown and running the race. And yeah, that was always fun, a fun like family activity. Do they still do that race? I think so. Hmm. I think they do. So we could maybe do it one day. <laughs> race on a 5k. That sounds painful. That sounds horrible. <laughs> um, and then I also was running before like I was running any like real races i ran a couple of the k100 legs which is a relay race right yeah. it's called the kananaskis 100 and i think it's 100 miles and you're running uh east no north towards nikiska like the yeah. ski hill and you end at nikiska and that's actually a bit of a funny story i ran that the second time we ran it or I think it was the second time I had to run a leg and it was leg nine. And then my dad was running. No, I ran leg eight. He ran leg nine. And then the guy for leg 10 didn't show up on time. So my dad like finished his leg toasted because you yeah. think you're done and had to keep running for and another so, like, leg. We pulled up and he was like, I can't continue and I had at that point, I was completely braless sitting in the car. My mom was driving. I had taken my bra off, taken all my running gear back off. And he was like, Alex, you need to take over. And basically, I had to put on all of my wet running stuff and continue on and do the rest of the final leg. What year was that? <laughs> Can't remember. Like I, it was, I think it was right before I ran the marathon. It's like 2010? Yeah, around there. Did 2011, you, 2012. I feel like you probably could have gone brawless back then. <laughs> just, just That's saying. actually a good point. <laughs> I think you could have skipped the bra. <laughs> um, 
<clears throat> that's always been like a would you ever do a workout like brawless just to see in our basement we've talked about this i think you should if any of us can do it it's you should i go shirtless i think you should go shirtless and topless okay i'll see about that um okay so k100 <laughs> sorry i'm just envisioning that what that would be like it might be quite like movements. liberating like burpees would be weird um like feel like chest of our pull-ups would that would be weird like <laughs> anything with a d-ball that would, yeah yeah have to think about that um yeah so k100 and then what what happened after that okay well to back up my first dabble into distance running was in 2010 my sister convinced me and my dad and my mom to all run the calgary stampede half marathon and my i hadn't run any distance before like beyond five kilometers when i was a kid did you wear a cowboy hat no okay um so we all did it and i can't remember how my dad did my sister finished way ahead and i finished in just under like two hours i think i was 156 or so yeah it was tough too yeah i'm sure um and then that kind of like jump-started my distance running um 2010 happened to also be the year i did my first ever crossfit class (laughs) <laughs> i was um i was reading i used to run or read runner's world i think i probably started it after the 2010 half or before and they used to have coupons in the back you know magazines how they used to have yeah i don't know if they have them anymore but well anyways it was there was one for crossfit calgary and it was i think two for one drop in so i convinced my sister to to come with me and the workout was 21, 15, 9 pull-ups and wall balls. Oh, so like Fran. Fran, but like with wall balls. That sounds kind of fun. And um, like I was in university at the time, so I was like an athlete. And I show up and I can't, obviously can't do a kipping pull-up. And there, it was the mid-morning class, like. The soccer nine, mom class. thirty, And I still remember these moms, like pumping out sets of kipping pull-ups like it was nothing and i'm like i'm an athlete (laughs) meanwhile i'm like stocking up on bands yeah back when like bands were acceptable for pull-ups and like any sort of gymnastics (laughs) i think they actually don't use those in crossfit gyms now because like you can get so many bands going that like you can shoot up into the sky you never actually like you yeah anything yeah any um yeah, I don't, my sister did not enjoy herself. I ended up finishing ahead of her and we were all cheering. And I was like, at one point I'm like, you got it, Evan, you're almost done. And she was just like, don't cheer for me. And the next day, neither one of us could extend our arms. <laughs> and I'm pretty sure our legs were really sore from 45 banded pull-ups and 45 banded, or sorry, 45 wall balls. As a skier, I bet you're like, what are these things yeah, on my arms? <laughs> these biceps. Yeah. They're feeling rabdus. And and then we didn't, neither one of us did CrossFit for, well, she never did it again. And I took a couple years to recover from that experience before I jumped into it again. That's understandable. Yeah. And then my first marathon was two years later. San Francisco. Yeah. 
we've talked about that one yeah but that was a sub 330 so that's your your first and fastest yep yeah um and you ran that in honor of your sister yeah same thing as i'm doing now yeah fundraising for team and training leukemia and lymphoma society um then that was pretty much like so in 2012 that was that was before you started back with so that was kind of all you were doing was running and yeah i was doing i was running i was still doing strength and conditioning but it was just like it wasn't anything like crossfit it would i would just go to like our leisure center and do like whatever like stuff from magazines and things Mm -hmm. and then like old old training programs from when I was skiing and my parents and I were training a ton they also ran the marathon and we were just like doing yoga training playing golf I was playing saw a lot of soccer back then in the women's league and basically it was just non-stop exercise to cope with like the loss of my sister I think yeah you get a little um addicted to it yeah yeah that was definitely the case too exhausted to feel your feelings exactly (laughs) it's a good technique yeah i'm sure many therapists would agree um yeah and then just to kind of go through some like chronological chronological stuff i found crossfit again in 2013 and was running a ton but I was only doing group classes that was back when like personal program didn't really exist yet it was like when you did CrossFit you just like it didn't matter who you were you just like there was only group classes you could like do group classes and then like do like accessory work yeah but like there wasn't really this other option that people seem to be jumping into which is fine but I think group classes are really fun and yeah I, I did mostly classes and then I would run before CrossFit uh like five five miles like I would do a loop a loop in my neighborhood um and then I would go to CrossFit class at like nine and then I would play soccer go to yoga in the evening so I was still still working out a lot and then I I went to regionals in 2013 on a team so that was like shortly after I started CrossFit and that was I was like, it was fine. I almost qualified for the game. We missed the games by one spot. (laughs) And I remember, this is how, like, bad I was with exercise. I remember the day, the final day Sunday, we didn't qualify. Partly because I was a little ticked off at the result and, like, the way that our team was, our team performed on that day. But I remember that I went for a run that Sunday before awards. Yeah, of course you did. I just, like, I had my runners, and I just went for a run, like, down. It was back in, when it was in Richmond, Vancouver. Yeah. That seems normal. Um, so I was still running a lot, like, almost, most, almost every day. And then, uh, law school started in 2014, and that was the summer that I, oh, no, law school started in 2014, and I was still only doing like group classes. And then one of my friends in law school was also a CrossFitter. And he had hired Mike Fitzgerald from OPT as a coach. And so I started doing his programming with him. And then 
I went to regionals in 2014 and shit the bed. <laughs> I like, I did really well. I missed again qualifying by like one spot, but only snatched like 120, 125. It was a hang, it was a max hang snatch. And that was not good. And it was partially because for the last two years that I've been doing CrossFit or a year and a half, I was cherry picking all the workouts. <laughs> I wasn't doing any strength training. Like, you know how CrossFit HQ programs like deadlift five, 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 five. Yes. Which sounds like a nightmare now, but in the past it was like, I was like, that is nothing. You show it's up, you put strength. like a plate on the bar <laughs> and you're like, oh, I mean, this is dumb. I, I would yeah, rather so just... this is a complete waste of an hour. <clears throat> And so I just like completely ne neglected, like learning how to lift strength workouts. I remember loving things like Helen, Nancy, <laughs> Eva, Eva, um, Barbara, Murph. Yeah. All Anything of those, those predominantly <laughs> body weight and maybe with some running would be ideal. Yeah. Um, and then after that, I, I signed up with Mike after that regionals and his work, his programming was totally different than what I was doing for for classes like the volume was a lot higher and um there was a lot more like progressive strength work so I was squatting multiple times I was lifting a lot more I was doing I remember that we were I did a lot of like bike sprints and sled push so like high output yeah just stuff that my body was not had never done and like didn't like extreme intensity mm -hmm. and I remember walking out of the gym like that summer every single day feeling just like defeated almost because it, it was, was so hard yeah it was so hard and just like so different than what I was used to yeah I think that's a sign of like that's good training though as you uh, it wasn't I mean defeated like in a bad way yeah it was like I never walked out being like crushed that yeah and you just you shouldn't be getting tons of pieces where you're like you know, you feel like you're knocking it out of the park because like if you are feeling like that, it's unlikely you're working in the right areas. Yeah. Um, Unless you're Tia. She probably feels like that all the time. And then throughout, all throughout law school, so the year before I hired Mike and then even after I hired Mike, I was running uh, about 20 to 25 miles a week. So 35. 40-ish kilometers. Yeah. I would run every single morning before school, Monday to Thursday, and then sometimes on Sunday night. I'd run five miles at like six in the morning. And that was like year-round? Year-round. Even in the winter? Yeah. What's there the like... I had a cutoff. What's your temperature it cutoff? It was 25, minus 25 degrees Celsius. Which is like for the American listeners around minus 15 Fahrenheit? Yeah. Like I had to, I was wearing ski mitts. Um... I would wear ski socks. I had to basically cover the majority of my face, like a hat, of course. Oh, yeah. But yeah, and then like there was there was mornings where they'd be like trudging through snow and stuff. I really do. I, yeah. I don't know if I'd be interested in running in that weather anymore. There's but like a whole. Crazy back then. There's like a community of sub-zero runners here. Oh, yeah. It's weird in Calgary. Yeah. I mean, if you're not running in the winter, you're losing valuable months in the year because it's a long winter. Yeah, but there's also like treadmills that you can use. Yeah, but I didn't have access to a treadmill. But yeah, I would run. I was I would run. Get up at five thirty every morning. Start running at like six or six fifteen. Run to about seven seven thirty. 
come home shower all my food was packed because I, fo- I f- even food prep back then it's like you don't have time mm-hmm. and then I would go to school and then go to the gym in that afternoon evening and do my workout for Mike and didn't really get that much stronger I mean I did get stronger but I think just like my technique got better because I was actually lifting I would say your technique remained the same <laughs> And I know so that. Shitty. Well, because, okay, you snatched, what, 125 in 2014 at regionals? Yeah. And then what did you snatch in 2015 at regionals? 158. But that was like a, that was a PR. That's a massive increase in a year. Yeah. It was partially because I was probably starting to, like, actually make hip contact. Yeah. But, like, I saw, I've seen both of those lifts and they are, I, neither one are technically that no, proficient. definitely not. But that was back when a 160-pound snatch was, like, actually a pretty good snatch. Yeah. At the regional level. I mean, obviously enough to get you to the games. Now it's, like, if you're not snatching, I don't know, like, over 200 pounds, are you even snatching? It's crazy. I know. I hit, like, a 160, and I'm, like, that's nothing. This is pathetic. Yeah. Um, yeah, so I guess I did get a little bit stronger. And obviously better i feel like i didn't get my maximum strength definitely got better but i got really a lot better at lifting at sub maximal weights yeah so like those like 80 percent for reps kind of thing yeah um mike would obviously know more about this but that's how i feel i improved and then i um yeah i qualified for the games was still running i uh (laughs) and just to be clear mike didn't know you were running this much no, I don't okay. think so. Like, he may have said, like, hey, are you still running? And I was like, yeah. Yeah, sometimes. <laughs> um, it was, like, I ran, like, probably 40 minutes because that was kind of, like, my absolute minimum amount that I would ever run, like, the day before the games started. Yeah. And then I also ran the day after the games when I could even barely walk, and I went for a run. I just like I loved running but I also like had a bit of a addiction to exercise and just oh, you had a streak going yeah and I did have a streak <laughs> no off days no rest days which thinking back so silly and not good and just not good for anyone's physical or mental health no but you also <laughs> did the same damn thing when you got into like tracking your your getting 10,000 steps a day you literally and this was like a few years ago I remember you pacing up and down our like in our condo hallway trying to get to 10,000 steps. So you have a propensity for streaks. Yeah. That's what that point I'm trying to make there. Um, and then after that, I kind of refocused again on CrossFit. Like it kind of qualified for the games as a, I don't want to say fluke, but it was a bit of a fluke. It wasn't like the intention. No, like I never had a goal of qualifying for the games. I just really, really, really loved CrossFit. And I always have loved competing and I ended up qualifying and having one of the best like athletic experiences of my life at the games. Um, in every, in every single way possible, it was just one of the best. Mm -hmm. And, um, and in 2016, I took the year off before starting my career. Um, the law firm who had hired me to article said that I could have the year off and I would start articling with the next class. A year later so I focused on CrossFit and was just kind of I was living 
at home for half the year and then I moved out into an apartment downtown because I knew I was going to be starting work. At that point, I had a couple sponsors from qualifying for the games. So I was able to cover the costs enough to kind of justify taking a year. And in 2016 and 17, I was still, I was only running on my rest days because at that point I started doing double sessions of CrossFit. Yeah. I mean like, you know, rest days, running days, same thing. Yeah. And then, and like any, anytime I ran, it was just, it was up like a five mile loop and I didn't really time myself. I just went out and ran and I, I pretty much did that up until 2008, 2019. I was running on my rest days. And then 2017, we met. Yeah, and I remember we met at uh, Wadapalooza. And the day after the competition, you're like, hey, do you want to go on a run? And I was like, I'm sorry, what What did you just say? You're like, yeah, like a, a run. And then like, you know, I'm like fairly smitten at that point. And I'm like, yeah, of course. Like I, I run on my rest you're days. Like, yeah, let me just get my runners. Hey, Megan, do you have those runners that you brought? <laughs> I need to borrow your running shoes. Yeah. So fortunately she did have some. Yeah. And so that was like, and I didn't realize that, I guess at that point that that was like a thing for you. And then that whole summer, you know, we were kind of traveling, like splitting time in between Raleigh and Calgary. Yeah. It was like every rest day. I remember I would go get a massage and you would during my hour long massage in Raleigh, you would just go run. Yeah. Slash get lost. <laughs> Do you remember that? Yeah, I got lost and I was like, it was so hot that day. It was a, like a 90, like 98 degree day. And I was like, if I'm not back in an hour, come looking for me. And sure enough, I'm like, I finally find my way back. Because like, Alex doesn't back. run with a, like, we don't run with phones. Never, never. I like to be completely disconnected. Yeah. To the point where I will risk getting <laughs> completely lost in a city that I don't know at all. Like all these pine trees look the same. <laughs> just like running down the road and I just see your car driving up and you're just shaking your head. So lost. Um, and then I finally stopped running in 2019. Why though? I think, honestly, I think you had a big part of it. You, you finally were like, I was run and literally run ragged, but also like <laughs> mentally, just like in all respects, run ragged from training um, as much as I was, I was, when I first started working at this law firm, I had told Mike, like CrossFit is not like competing in CrossFit is no longer my priority. Like, I still want to stay fit and I might compete, but I can only manage one session a day because work is just too demanding. The t like, I don't have time. Like literally I'm working to like seven or seven thirty every night. So he would give me one, one hour of workouts per day, uh, five or six days a week. And I would go to the gym at s for 6am. 5.45 and I would do my hour, shower at the gym and then go to work for like eight. And, um, and then Meredith and Jordan had moved to Calgary and you guys were training fairly full time. And I was so jealous <laughs> and like, just worry. I'm like, well, maybe I can compete. Like maybe I can do it and do this job. And I just was not ready to let go of this competitive aspect of CrossFit. It wasn't the com competitive aspect. It was like the, the desire to keep getting better, to keep fitter, to keep getting stronger, to keep PRing, you know? Yeah. And so the weekends 
were still two sessions a day. And then I started increasing my <laughs> workout volume during the week. I would like slowly be like, okay, Mike, I'm going to have like more workouts on this week. So can you give me two sessions on like Tuesday and Thursday? And the second session was usually in the condo, like with ergs. Yeah. Yeah. I like ergs and I did kettlebell. Yeah. And so I would get home from work and this is when Meredith was, had moved in. I had moved in. I was also coaching at like, um, like five forty six a.m. or whatever the early yeah like six a.m. So I'd have to get up at like five, and Alex would get home usually around like best case seven thirty usually eight, and she'd have to do her second <laughs> session. And like sometimes you'd have to you'd get home really late. So now you're working out at like ten p.m. and I'm trying to get I'm trying to sleep because I have to get up at five. I did a workout once. I don't think you were there. I think this was maybe before you had moved in. I did a workout at like 11. Yes. 11 p.m. I did a workout. Because I couldn't not do what was given to me as a like programming. I don't think I ever missed a workout. But I was completely like exhausted and stressed. Yeah. And horrible to be around. This I will say sit. nothing. <laughs> <laughs> I think like Jordan was scared of me. Yeah. Well, I think um, everyone was a little <laughs> afraid at that time. Yeah, I, I did not have time to waste. It was, I was just, and oh man, yeah, that was a lot. You'd walk so into, I, like, like, th- at that point I was like, I'm not, I can't run on my rest days. I think it was partially too, because I had to like make up workouts on my rest days in some scenarios. Yeah, like the erg, the erg workouts. Yep. Yeah. Um. And I, I think I started running more seriously almost a, about a year ago. I, I started getting back into it. And I was inspired a little bit by my coach, Mike, who's recently gotten back in, or gotten into running marathons. And I just, like, I miss it. I miss I miss being able to go out and run and not, not have to worry about it impacting my energy levels or my training. Now, there's certain times a year where I really enjoy running and um, and this time around, like getting back into running was a little different because I had a, a nice Garmin watch that Meredith got me. Oh yeah. Well, I mean, that was, I kind of saw you moving back towards running and like, I've seen the way that Mike's been programming with his and I was like, Hey, like you can't run with a Timex. It's, it's 2020. Like, let's get with the program here. So I just got like, yours is a, a forerunner 235, which they don't make anymore. They make a 245 kind of like the the more it's not like the entry level but it's like fairly entry level but works really well for you yeah everyone always asks what what my watch is what kind of garment yeah i, I think have. as soon as you post a garment people ask yeah every time people see mine they ask um yeah that must have been last year because i remember you got that was kind of then i started running yeah I was still using an I apple. You, I think you wanted to start running because like you wanted a Garmin. I didn't you have a Garmin though. I, I like ran with an Apple mm-hmm. watch for a really long time, which is a just the worst for was it running. Because you, you could have got, we got a bunch of shoes sent to us too. I yeah. Think that was it. You were like, so I was like, oh, uh, I like shoes. I do like shoes. I should run. <laughs> and I'm actually good at running. I, like that's my, more my background. Like yeah. I'm a decent runner. I'm not like a, you know, a lunk that can't run. I was, 
a runner like endurance person that became a crossfitter sort of like you i guess we're running probably a couple couple times per week uh, like all last year yeah and i remember um uh, there was one day i had like an easy 5k programmed and um like a like 525 per kilometer pace and you're like can i come i was like sure it's just an easy 5k and <laughs> someone had posted on instagram just say it okay um our friend uh Al- allison scuds who bless her heart is not the best runner out there she had posted on instagram like earlier in the week or something she had ran a 5k and pr'd it or it would come close to pr i can't remember but she posted her her watch time and so we're like you know we're running or whatever at our 525 kind of easy pace around our neighborhood loop and like we're just we kept like speeding up speeding up we're speeding up a little bit and then like the final (laughs) and like no neither one of us were like because we're both wearing watches and i like I never said to Alex, like, hey, asshole, can you slow down? And she never said to me, like, why are you running so fast? Um, and so by the end, like, the the last kilometer was, and like... I didn't feel like I wasn't racing you. We were just both yeah, together. Yeah, the, the, last, the last kilometer was, like, full out. I don't know what the average pace was, but it was quick. And we we finished, clocked our time, looked at our watch, and turns out after the fact we were both trying to do the same thing like it was like an hour later we're like (sighs) okay i kind of just like wanted to like see if i could be like scuds pr and i was like me too (laughs) and uh i think we did but um that was a really funny non-verbal moment because on any other day i think if we had an easy run programmed and one of us did that it would have been a real problem yeah that's kind of why we don't run together anymore we just do our own thing yeah people always ask that like why don't you guys because we will often run at the same time but like not together even when our paces for you know one part of the run is similar i also have gotten into this thing like i don't wear headphones you don't wear headphones i really hate listening to people like breathe and i don't like when someone's running with me and there's their steps or their cadence is off because then it's just like i'm hearing like double the footsteps and i like i really i use my footsteps and my breathing a lot when i run hmm. um like sometimes i count like i just there i i'm very yeah, aware we get it because you can't keep up with me no that's not what i said um <laughs> the last i think one of the last times we ran together was 2018 we ran that 7k you mean the first 7K of the half marathon that you tricked me into doing yeah. and then almost killed me? Yeah, that was... You left that out of your, your chronological order. I know. That was, um, that was after... Yeah, you were still running a bit back then. And that was after regionals in 2018. So it was in between... That was in the period of time where regionals 2018 had ended... I I came sixth place and had not yet been invited as a backfill. So there was like. So we were both like, excuse my language, 
I won't say it. F CrossFit. <laughs> and I was looking online. I'm like, Banff half marathon. That's coming up. I'm going to look that up. Hey, Meredith, do you want to do the Banff half? It's in like a month. You'd have like a couple weeks to, uh, to get a couple long runs in and like a, you'd be fine. Just a half. And Meredith was like, oh, I, I mean, I don't know. And then I was like, Hey, I'll sign you up. And she was like, fine. And then I looked at the dates and it was like June 15th and not July 15th somewhere around those dates mm. and i'm like oh actually it's next weekend <laughs> you have a week you'll be, you'll be fine you'll be fine and you were well yeah but you kind of tricked me into it because we just we're gonna do it for fun yeah and mike fitzgerald had said do this for fun like don't run it hard and i was like okay like we had been running because triple three was programmed we'd been doing a lot of running on the he woodway said, he never said not to run it hard Okay, he said just do it for fun. No, we said we were going to do it for fun. Okay. Which was the plan all along. Yeah, I mean, like, I guess we just have different definitions of fun. But, like, when... And that was before we had Garmin, so I have absolutely no idea what our pace is. And so the only thing I can do is every time we pass a kilometer marker, I have to look down at my watch and kind of, like, math out the pace, like, what I'm doing, what, what my splits are. And, like... We get to the the seventh kilometer. I'm like, Jesus Christ. Like we're running negative splits. Like every kilometer is faster. Like, I don't know. I don't know how this ends. And I'm thinking to myself, I can't lose her. <laughs> I can't get How much faster do I have to speed up for her to drop <laughs> off here? Yeah. So and I had not knowing like wh- what happens. They're between, just trying to race me. <laughs> between kilometer seven and 21. I was like, you, you go on ahead now. I'm not falling into your trap. Um, but then, because I'm also, like, a little bit of a psycho. But then at 7K out of 21, she says to herself, I haven't come this far to only come this far. Yeah, like, you don't want to waste the effort. Like, when's the next time I'm going to run, like, a 33-minute? Only 14K to go. Only I've come a third. So it's all downhill from here. Um yeah, so I was like, okay, I guess I'm, I have to run this fast now because I've run a third of it fast and we have to see. So that was like... Um, you have you, to see what you can do. I have to see what my physical limit is today. So I found it. My arch collapsed. Um, <laughs> my my your hips... Knee, your <laughs> knees exploded. My knees felt like they were going to... Like my kneecaps felt like they were going to eject like a Pez dispenser. Um, I didn't think I would ever be able to sit down ever again. And then a week later, I got an email from the CrossFit game saying, congratulations, you may be competing this year. Keep be training. Be ready in a month. I was like, be ready in a month. <laughs> in a month. Yeah. So that was, um, man, summer 2018 was wild. It really was. And then I proceeded to get every injury under the sun between in that month. It was like we went to the emergency room, I think, three times. In, in a month. month. For just random it was like you had to get stitches once you effed up your thumb pretty bad thought i broke my thumb um there was something else it was was good times yeah it was you know what a time to be alive but um yeah i just i didn't want to get through the the chronological sequence without talking about banff um so that kind of brings us to let's see this year this year like like january february this year when yeah. you, you made the decision. 
And that decision was? Well, I, so I injured my shoulder pretty badly skiing. I How crashed. did you do that? It was your fault. <laughs> you were in a bad mood because I said you were capable of going down a, a run, which you were not capable of going down. I didn't. And you cried a I, little bit. I didn't cry. <laughs> and then you were speeding ahead of me and distracted me. And I went off a jump and lost my balance and cr like basically went down on my shoulder super hard and almost tore something. Did I make you go off the jump? No, but I had to like, it was like, you know, one of those, if you're familiar with skiing, when you're going down a cat track, it was like one of the like jumps off the side that like teenage boys do. Yeah. So of course, like teenage boy slash Alex, <laughs> I put myself in the same category. She identifies as a teenage boy. Um, or a teenage girl, because I was just like that as a teenage girl. Um, but at that point, I was like, I don't think, I don't think I'm going to be able to do the open. My shoulder was healing so slowly. Mm. Um, I couldn't do any upper body stuff. And then I magically got better like the week before the open. And I did the open and then I'm like, okay, I guess I'll do quarterfinals, even though I really wasn't sure about doing quarterfinals. Yeah. I had kind of already like, I had, my back was super sore. Um, like I had hurt it doing a squat clean. I just wasn't really sure. And at that point I kind of decided like, if I'm not going to be doing CrossFit this year, then maybe I'll do like train for a half marathon, like a faster half marathon. Um, and then I kind of was thinking, well, maybe, I'll, you know, maybe I'll do a, a marathon. Um, like I can, if I qualify for semis, I can do the Calgary and I'd have a few months to train up for it. And then when I didn't qualify for quarter for semifinals at a quarterfinals, I said, you know what, I'm going to run a marathon. And partially was, well, two reasons I was injured. My back was just not okay. And the second thing was I needed something to kind of kick me out of the CrossFit world a little bit. I still had one foot over the fence over the fence into crossfit and like uh like i didn't make it to semis but like should i just like buckle down even harder this year and try to make you know make you know like it get stronger around we go a, a better front squat like and i'm like what am i doing yeah like i don't really like being in a gym like we you know we had bought mountain bikes and i and you know we're traveling a little bit more even just around bc and alberta and the stress of feeling like you have to train 10 sessions a week in a gym and those sessions being quality training, especially if you have specific goals, like getting strong, which was absolutely going to be necessary for me. Yep. Just didn't feel like it was going to be worth it. And running was just going to provide a little bit more joy and flexibility. And so I just made the decision. And then you decided to join up with team and training for the second time. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm, I'm, my fundraising is going really well. I'm loving every minute of training and every minute of, of fundraising and kind of sharing the process. Like I'm not a big, a big social media person, but I've been posting my runs and some yeah. of my workouts and things. Um, so let's talk about, that's a good segue into the next topic, which I think is, um, the way that a lot of people probably are familiar with marathon training or have seen or experienced it is a kind of traditional maybe three or four month marathon training program where you know there's running five days a week you peak once and then you run obviously like 
any amount of strength and conditioning necessitates a different approach. So like, I guess how, if you could, if you just want to describe what your training on a weekly basis looks like right now, and then also has that changed any, um, between kind of when you started, like, I guess around May and now. Yes. So, um, for running specifically, I run, I've been running three times per week for since May. And, um, I have been building up in runs in distances. Like my long run is building. The, the longest run I've done is 32 kilometers. And I did that about six weeks ago. So about three months, over three months before the marathon, which is on October 10th. So that's pretty unusual by itself. Yeah. Cause most people only build up once and then you run the the full distance yeah so i asked mike my coach i'm like well, what what do i like what is the what is the goal here and now i'm building up again with a faster pace at those distances so my marathon pace before it was just at an easier pace like a more i think it was 505 to 515 yeah i was completing those longer distances in and so now i'm trying to complete them in um a sub five fifth or four fifty per kilometer pace so, that so that's like 740 yeah per, per mile and uh, that's your so your your goal time for your marathon has shifted a bit yeah it's gotten faster so what was your your original goal time was sub five minutes per kilometer which is like a 330 finish yeah and your new goal pace is about 10 seconds faster per K. So around a seven minute, 40 second mile yeah. for a like three minute, three hour, 20 minute finish. I think it's, it's like 10 second per kilometer. So like four, yeah, 325. Yeah. I actually haven't even looked. I just, I know it. I'm going for a sub 330. So Tuesday, I, I do my long run in the morning. In the afternoon, I do about an hour to an hour and a half worth of uh, CrossFit upper body. So, like, I have a lot of, there's a lot of EMOMs in there. Um, I have some, a lot of chest bar pull-ups and bench press, keeping handstand push-ups, keeping ring dips, like, typical kind of CrossFit. Yeah, except I think the, the reps are a little m- more controlled. Oh, yeah. The reps, I'm like, yeah, the reps are definitely, they're carefully counted, I'm sure. And then Wednesday is like a, a snatch, deadlift, and then some posterior chain stuff. Thursday I run uh, again, and that, that distance varies. It really depends on the intensity and the duration of my Tuesday run, I think. It's kind of like a filler run. It's usually easy. And then Thursday afternoon I do a 20 to minute, or 20 to 30 minute uh, upper body based workout so again it's a little bit on the longer side so intensity is down saturday friday is off so we usually mountain bike for two to three hours friday afternoon saturday morning i run intervals and that usually ends up being like 12 to 15 kilometers of running and then saturday afternoon is similar to like tuesday and thursday afternoon it's mainly upper body 
and then sunday i have only one session on sunday and it's uh again it's kind of like that's when my squatting is usually programmed and then although there's usually some ghd sit-ups and like wall balls uh dumbbell hang power clean that sort of thing just like yeah. a variety of crossfit movements but nothing like i never i never go into a workout like feeling like i'm i'm gonna just like have to crush myself like everything is fairly moderate intensity which is nice yeah but i think um and this is like if you're actually interested in like understanding the theory of program design um as it's intended like just follow mike fitzgerald on instagram um at optimum performance training because he posts about this stuff quite often either on in posts or in his stories but i think kind of the big thing with with your training design is that um it kind of follows this theory like you shouldn't like following runs you should try to separate your runs and your strength training by eight hours and if you can't do that which for example on like tuesday thursday saturdays you you can't do that then the strength focus on those in those sessions that that cannot be further than eight hours out should be it should be an upper body focus and that just i think um kind of minimizes probably injury risk and maximizes the potential gain you can get from those strength sessions yep and then like you know obviously if you have to do lower body on those days which i i don't think you do much of anything you just kind of avoid like plyometric and explosive movements as Mm -hmm. much as possible yeah but you've had to like tweak some things yeah um so i was squatting heavy still two times per week up until I want to say it was eight to 10 weeks ago when my volume in one of the long runs really started building. I think I was over like maybe 45 kilometers that week. And I had a a bit of a knee, a niggly knee Mm -hmm. and the niggly knee quickly became a, what I thought was a pretty serious like knee problem because I, it was starting to hurt at 16 out of 24 kilometers. And instead of stopping like a smart person, <laughs> I decided to complete the run and do eight more kilometers, which is like 40 the, minutes of running. The Parker that we know you are. Yes. <laughs> on My knee was hurting so much, but I was like, never stop. <laughs> um, Finish at all costs. And it sucks because that kind of like, you know, had I stopped when it first started hurting, it may have, you know, I would have lost eight kilometers, but I wouldn't have lost a whole week of running bit of a life lesson there yeah so I it turns out it was more of a quad issue than anything else which a- after talking to Mike um was probably the the fact that I was just doing too much yeah uh with the lower body so it was like too much heavy squatting I was also uh, had just started the mountain biking season had really kind of kicked up so we were doing like longer rides yeah um and so it was just it was a lot too much at once yeah. So we adjusted squatting down and that was, that was a conversation between me and Mike about, okay, well you do understand that like if you reduce squatting volume, your strength is going to be directly impacted. And I said to him, don't care. My goal is to run fast and stay healthy. Yeah. And so we dropped squatting down and it's, it's not even, it's very, it's pretty low intensity squatting. Like I'm never maxing out on yeah. any, on any set, any rep really. Um, which is kind of nice. I'm not a big fan of lifting heavy. <laughs> nice break from that. Yeah. Um, but that's, so there's been a lot of tweaks along the way. Yeah. And probably a lot of tweaks that I don't even know about on his end. Yeah. And I think that's like, 
that's the real, in my opinion, the real benefit to having, well, not only a, like a programmer, but a programmer who really understands what he's doing. And like, um, you know, you can, anyone who's doing CrossFit and wants to run a half marathon or wants to run a marathon, like you think you can just, you know, grab a program off the internet and then just kind of like mash it together with your gym programming and everything will be fine. No problems. And like, if you get lucky, yeah, it'll work. Um, but what's more likely to happen, I think when you start adding in that amount of, you know, run volume without a great deal of attention to leg volume, posterior chain volume reps in the gym, that kind of thing is you really like you open the door wide, wide for, uh, for injury. That's a big one. Um, and then what I think what would happen for a lot of people without realizing it is a real, like, like pretty severe de- demotivation eventually. Mm-hmm. Um, like one of the, the things that starts to occur when you're just doing too much as you, you stop being motivated to do anything. Um, and I think that's where having someone who can balance intelligently balance the volume, put pieces together in the right sequence, like understand, okay, this, like this takes this toll. If, you know, if you can't do your run on one day and you want to push it to the next day, that's fine. But it means you can't do this session. And that happened to you, right? Yeah, like, so there's a couple things. There was a, a day I had to run 20 or 24 kilometers. It was a Wednesday and it was super windy. And I, I hate wind <laughs> and I, I, I messaged Mike and I'm like, look, I, I really don't want to run. So I'm, I'm going to move my run till tomorrow if that's fine. And he was like, okay. Um, you then tomorrow, like then Friday, you can't do the squatting from Thursday. It was like, I, I, oh no, I couldn't do, I was like, I'm going to switch the days. And he, and then that created a bunch of issues. And I'm like, well, what if I move the squatting to this day? (laughs) Well, no, because then you can't do the run on this. Like it's very, very meticulously laid out. Yeah. And And it should be. So I think it takes to have intel. Like, I think I could train for a marathon and do CrossFit. I don't think I could train for a marathon and have the pace be what it is and feel recovered and also be like PRing my 10 minutes of burpee ring muscle ups, um, being still being able to snatch like 160 pretty much on any day, like squat clean 185 on any day. And on top of all that, like, feel good and not be injured. That's the biggest part. Yeah. And, um, and I also think, and not to like pump my own tires, but I think it takes a special type of athlete who really like is able to like follow direction and not be moving things around and kind of commit to the training. Yeah. And and just schedule be disciplined to what it is you're trying to do. Yeah. And I've, I've never been one to question Mike or to try to like change things on my own. It's like, um, you know, and he's, it's for someone like you and, um, you know, other athletes, like you're able to output at a really high level in the gym. Um, you know, top 1% CrossFitters. Um, but you're also able to output, like you can, you can run with speed. Like your, your paces are quite impressive. And so it just requires a more precise programming approach. It's like, if you're a mechanic, like 
anyone can probably look up a YouTube video and like understand how to work on like their Honda Civic. Like, but when you're dealing with like an F1 car, that requires a mechanic that really knows what they're doing. You think? Thanks. Yeah, I mean, it's fine. You're like you're like the Alfa Romeo. Okay, thanks. You're yeah. You were not quite to like Ferrari or Mercedes. At least I'm not um a Williams Haas. <laughs> I think Haas is the one you don't want. Okay. Be. <laughs> um. Yeah. It just it it requires someone who really like understands what they're doing or. If you're an athlete who's doing your own programming because you possess, you know, the prerequisite amount of knowledge to do that, you have to be very in tuned, like with yourself and honest with how that training is going. Yeah. Like I'm not, I have been doing, I've been training. I've actually been strength training since I was like 12 because I used to do it for dryland training. I have no desire to learn the theory behind programming. Or like how you're how you physiologically adapt to training and like all of those different things that that you know Mike knows about or like even you have a lot more knowledge in it, and I think that almost makes me. I'll say for me at least almost a better athlete because I I look at the paper I'm like hmm, wonder why Mike programmed that. And then I just do it. Yeah. Whereas like you or some other people might be like why did Mike do that? Like, I don't feel, you know, good today. I don't think I'm yeah. going to do that. I'm going to switch this. And uh -huh. like, I don't know. Um, yeah. And I will say I used to do that more than I do it now. And that's partially because I took a little vacation back in February <laughs> and I was like, I'm going to do my own thing for, you know, a month. And <clears throat> then after do, cause I used to do my own, a lot of my own programming. And then after doing that for, um, that was when, before you turned 33. Yeah. And I was 32 in February. Okay. Let's not be rude. Um, yeah. And then I think for me, it's like, I, I, I do, I do know that he knows what he's doing. And it's like, it's also one less thing that I have to worry about. Mm -hmm. Like I kind of learned that the last thing I want to do at the end of the day is like come up with my training and like properly think it through. Yeah, totally. So I, I totally think that's another, that. that's another advantage of taking a more, personalized approach but um yeah I don't know if you want to talk about Nick Barr yeah Nick I'll just I'll I'll just touch on that and like body weight for a second and then that'll be the last thing so Nick Bear I found him because Adam Clink if you recall posted um a video of him completing a challenge and it was a 500 pound squat and a sub five minute mile run within the same day which is pretty dang impressive and so I was following um, Adam Clink, and I was looking on his page after he did that, and I, I saw he was running with a guy named Nick Bear, and he said, oh, this guy, is, he's, a, he's a quick runner. Like, I'm learning a lot from him, from running with him. And so I look at this guy, Nick Bear, and I'm like, this dude is huge. Like, he, he looks like he has a body. I mean, you can look him up on Instagram, but it's like he looks a lot like Fikowski. Like, he's... He's got he's, a lot of muscle mass, but he's lean. And I guess he used to be an ex-bodybuilder. He's not quite as tall, I don't think. But he's he's a big dude. Mm -hmm. And um, and then I see he's he's run, or he's about to run a, a sub, he's training to run a sub three hour marathon. And my mouth just like fell open. This is not a, this is not a guy that looks like he should be able to run Absolutely a sub three not. hour. Absolutely not. And um, I was listening to a podcast. He, 
he has his own podcast. It's called Bear Performance Nutrition. He has a BPN um, nutrition supplement company. And he was explaining that when he said he was going to run a sub three hour marathon, that people were like, no, you will never run that a sub three. Never, not at your size, not with your background. Like, and, um, and now he's running the Leadville 100, which is a, an ultra endurance race in Leadville, Colorado. And he said, you know, people will post on my post when I'm training or make comments like, Hey dude, like if you, if you slim down, like if you lost weight and like be, had more of a runner's body, you'd be a lot faster. And he's like, I don't, I don't want to be, a, I don't want to have a runner's body. Like I want to be really strong and also really fast and also be able to like push my body at these crazy distances. Um, and that kind of resonated with me because when I first started training for this marathon, I was like, I, I'll lose weight. Like I'll naturally lose weight. And I, I didn't really. And then I thought, okay, I'll cut my calories down a little bit and try to slim down. Like I don't, I don't really need to lean out, but like, even if I lost some muscle and like lost some pounds, you know, it would make running a little bit easier. And that proved, proved to be a little bit difficult because I was hungry and I didn't feel like I was recovering. And I only tried for a couple of weeks. And I'm like, okay, this isn't going to work. I'm just going to eat for performance. And and if I'm bigger, then I'm bigger. But I see this guy, Nick Bear, and he just ran a sub three. And like he has kind of a similar body that I do, just like men and male and female, like the equivalent. He has Probably. a pee-pee and you don't? Yeah. Okay. I mean, he's, I don't want to like, <clears throat> he's jacked. But he, uh, like, uh, I mean, like I'm similar to him in that I have more muscle than an average runner. Yeah. And so, I don't know. It kind of gave me confidence. I'm like, well, if he can run a sub three looking like that then I can like be a good, get back into running and yeah. feel comfortable running at that, the pace I want to run at without having to like, you know, c cut my calories and try to lose weight in a period of time. Um, so yeah, he's, he's a bit of an inspiration to me and I really like following him. So he's a good follow. But the last thing I will say is it's funny, um, that I thought my body was going to change that quickly because <laughs> I didn't actually deviate from my training that much. But it's this, and my clients will say too, like, oh, I'm, I've been running more. Or I just started tr strength training like last month and I'm not even noticing any difference. And it's like, your body doesn't change that quickly. It takes a lot and it takes a lot of pushing in, a, in an opposite direction to make a pretty significant change. Yeah, it's like, it's essentially exposure to the same stimulus over time. And yeah. that's why athletes who from different backgrounds all look different like you know rock climbers look like rock climbers sprinters look like sprinters mm -hmm. um you know football players depending on the position look like football players divers gymnasts like you would you will adapt and your body it will change based on the sport that you do and that happens like regardless of the the genetics that you have i mean nuances are genetics based but like the way that you're you're gonna look if you do a sport for 10 to 15 years you can't just like two things you can't reverse that immediately which is what you're you were kind of expecting to happen but the, you also can't expect to really like move in that direction in a matter of months no definitely not like we always say and i i i'm like a broken record to some of my clients who are chasing um performance or aesthetic goals and i'll say form follows function like if you focus on what your body needs to do you will look the way 
you should look for that task. So if somebody wants to become like an elite endurance athlete, like you do that for long enough, your body will look like an elite endurance athlete. Like it just, that naturally happens, but it takes a long ass time. Yeah. A long ass time. And it takes, like, I think I would, you know, with my, with my history and in strength training, it would take a lot uh, more running and a lot less strength training. Cause right now I'm, even though I'm not doing even half the volume with like lifting, I'm still probably doing a fair amount to maintain a lot of my lower body muscle and strength. Yep. And it's just, it's been, um, it's been really cool to see that add up the adaptation to the running training, but also maintaining a lot of the other st- strengths that I, I have. Yeah. Like you're, um, metabolically and like from a like training perspective adapting as if you know you are a runner and you are Mm -hmm. but you're you're physically more of an a crossfitter still i don't know yeah probably anyways i just i guess um you know i i don't like to just get on here and talk about myself for an hour and a half but there have been a few questions on my Instagram about my training and asking to post about it. And, and so I thought we jump on here and do a podcast and discuss it. And also to give a shout out to my coach, who's doing a great job and allowing me to have success so far. Yeah. So, um, so what's next? Like there's kind of like three, you can, if you had to pick between like, Okay, I'm going to run, I'm going to back off the distance and run like fast, do a fast half or like a fast 10K, or I'm going to run a faster marathon. So we stick on the marathon sort of theme or ultra marathon. Okay. The only thing that I want to say pursue a faster marathon, but that's saying that before I've completed this one, which I remember so vividly completing my first marathon and thinking that was the worst pain I've ever felt in my entire life. I'm never doing a marathon again. You just needed to give it 10 years, but your body forgets pain. So, um, but the marathon, yeah, it's, it's funny. I'm, I'm reading a book about it and it's, you know, marathons, um, they have like a, they're just a special distance. I don't think I necessarily would want to go down in distance because that sounds too painful i also (laughs) don't ivy almost just fell off the chair (laughs) i also wouldn't want to go up and do like something crazy long because for starters i don't have the time to train for that it's also too slow yeah i just i don't have maybe i'll have interest in the future but for now i'm like i really like that marathon distance it's it's a tricky one yeah and i have like if i decide to run like I mean, three thirty. I like to think is a good time, but like, there's that's nothing. You can you shave know? an hour and, off that. <laughs> yeah, but think about it. It's kind of like when you're good at squatting or good at like lifting, and you snatch like one seventy. Like getting to one seventy five, and then getting to one eighty and one eighty five. Like those like increments take it so much training, and I feel like running is kind of like that. It's like, but, but like running a marathon, like you don't just up and run a marathon and expect an improvement. You have to do those like pretty spaced out. Yeah. Like once every six months, maybe. So I feel like if I wanted to pursue like a really fast marathon, that would keep me busy for several years. It would. Yeah. It, 
it definitely <laughs> think about all the new shoes i could buy you would just yeah we would have so many yeah oh man yeah hard to say um what's your what's your new fundraising what's your fundraising at what's your fundraising goal fundraising just exceeded ten thousand this past weekend people are really pulling through and it's it's it warms my heart and um yeah i hit ten thousand this weekend it was my this the 10th anniversary of my sister's death and i i did a little story about it and a lot of people i guess i it tugged on their heartstrings and they donated and um i've increased my goal to 12,500 secretly and now not so secretly I'm gonna try to shoot for 15,000 I think you'll get it so I got a little bit of work to do in the next seven weeks both from a running standpoint and fundraising standpoint yeah I think you got it but thanks for redoing the podcast with me there's no other way I'd like to spend a Monday night I think this officially makes it a 14-hour work day (laughs) so um this is fun work though I it mean, is. Who doesn't love talking about their own sport? Yeah. S- sports, sports training. Sports. Yeah, it's fine. Um, hopefully this one is better. We'll see when I export it. Um, thank you guys for listening. I'm going to put the link to Alex's fundraising page in the show notes. So if you haven't donated yet and are inclined to donate um just click there um if you've already donated and want to donate more i'm sure she would be happy if you've already donated thank you thank you thank you from the bottom of my heart yeah seriously it's uh it's a really really um awesome way to do a marathon and i think like we've talked about it it's like if you're thinking about getting into um half marathon marathon triathlons i think team and training does um does training plans and programs and help for there's a whole community all of those yeah and it's it's um when i when i did the san francisco one there they had a, a dinner the night before the marathon and they had guest speakers and some of those guest speakers were not only cancer blood cancer survivors but they were survivors because of the research that was directly funded by the Leukemia and Lymphoma Society that was raised through team and training. And so, I mean, I'm not on here to, to plug team and training, but I do, it is, it is a, a, you know, seeing, seeing, seeing somebody's life directly impacted by the fundraising is, um, you know, and I just thought I'd share that in, for all of you that have donated or for who, who, whoever, it's just, it's like, it's, um, yeah, it, it's touching. It's, a, it's like it's real. It makes it real, I guess. Yeah. There's a human component. Mm-hmm. For sure. Um, great. Um, thanks again for listening. If you enjoyed this one and our previous ones, um, hit the like button, subscribe wherever you get your podcast, and uh, we'll catch you guys on the next one. To the TV. To the couch. <laughs>